0: 9. It's always nice to hear a testimony. It's always nice to hear the gospel presented clearly because we're here tonight because this is good news. It's something that we've found and we've enjoyed, and like Dave said, it's something we're sure of. So if you're not saved tonight, there's nothing greater that you could ever get or gain in this world outside of God's salvation. There's nothing you can be sure of more. Uh, there's nothing that will bring you more joy. And there's nothing that has greater value than God's free salvation. Sin's forgiven. Sure of heaven. Now we're just going to read basically one verse and a small part of another. Here, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27. No doubt if you've been at a gospel meeting before, you've heard these verses many times. Hebrews 9 and verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. I think, boy, this is, you know, Dave just told us a nice story about getting saved, and now all of a sudden, Josh is going to get up and talk about death. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Don't get hung up so much on that verse yet, because really the nice thing about scripture is when you look at it, you can find a lot of places where the writer writes something in a verse that just explains the total loss of mankind. I mean, just our absolute sinfulness, I guess you could call it total depravity, just the absolute helpless problem that we have. But in the very next verse, you have something completely different. It's almost as though it's a total turnaround and a complete contrast. And that's what you see here in these two verses. Because we're going to read part of verse 28. But I'm going to read 27 again. I don't want you to miss the severity and the reality of verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die. We all have an appointment with death that's never been closer than it is right now for every single one of us. And after this, the judgment, even more severe than the death, the judgment that every person will face because of sin. Then verse 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. It's appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. So Christ, the Lord Jesus being a man, He fell under the same conditions. Christ, can I almost, can I paraphrase this for you? So Christ also once died, but he bore the sins of many. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. So the Lord Jesus Christ, being a man, also once died, but to bear the judgment of many. I was reading my grandfather's yearbook, and I was you know perusing through the old books in the cabinet there. It's interesting. I'm going through his yearbook, and I think it was 1944, 1945, his high school yearbook. Now, what do you write in a yearbook when your friends all want you to sign it? You write good luck, you know, and and happy summer, and I hope you do well in university, or hope things go good, whatever. You know, all these nice little comments from the people and the teachers all sign it. And so I'm reading through and looking through the autograph parts of the yearbook, and I saw all these nice little. Uh, you know, phrases and things. Then all of a sudden I came to one that said, and I don't know if I'm quoting exactly right, it's a, it's a well known quote, you've probably heard it before. It says this Whether you're a king or street sweeper, we all have a meeting with the grim reaper. Whether a king or street sweeper, we all have a meeting with the grim reaper. You know, it's that symbol of death, that man with the black cloak, the grim reaper. I said, a you know, high school yearbook, that's kind of rough. Griffin's I said, who, who wrote this? He goes, uh, ah, yeah, that was the janitor. He wrote that. I said, the janitor? Okay, like I didn't even know the janitor signed yearbooks. I said, but of all things to write, why would you write that? He says, I don't know. I don't know. That was he's a nice guy, but that's so he wrote my yearbook. If you're a king, the highest, the richest, a king, or a street sweeper, just a lowly worker out in the road, doesn't matter who you are, everyone is gonna have a meeting with death. Now, I don't know if that's so great for a high school yearbook or you know, if you're graduating 8th grade or high school or college. It might not be the best thing to write in your friend's yearbook. But you know what? It is something that we should keep in mind. And you may think to yourself, well, listen, graduating high school, graduating college, graduating 8th grade, I'm seven, six, five, ten years old, whatever the case may be. I mean, to think about death. Really, it's is, is outside of my mind. Yes, we can all admit and we all know that we're going to die one day. I don't even think that there's a child here who would say, I'm not going to die. It's, 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 an, uh, it's a known fact. We can all happily admit that we know one day we're going to die. But just as quickly as we can say that we know that fact, I would like to think, I, I would guess that most people, especially younger ones, probably think you know it 's really not going to happen to me. I know i 'm going to die, but that fact has never actually set in as a reality I, it hasn 't really set in as a reality for me. I can even say there are times when I know I think about, yeah, sure we 're all going to die, but I go through my life not really thinking about death, but I can tell you this. I'm fully confident that when death takes me, my soul will be in heaven for all eternity. And so you know what? As far as I'm concerned, I'm not the least bit worried about death for me. Because like Dave said, I am more sure of heaven than I am of anything else in this world. I am more confident about what God says. And so death really has no power over me and no concern in my life. Now let me tell you this. If you're not saved, you should be thinking about death. It doesn't matter if you're 5 years old or 85 years old. If you're not saved, then this is an appointment that should be on your mind and heart every single day. I don't mean to be morbid. I don't mean to be scary. But you know what? It doesn't matter who you are, king or street sweeper. Every person is going to meet death. It is appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. I want to talk about death for a little bit because there's a few things I was thinking about this in this verse. Death is unavoidable. Here's an appointment that you have that is unavoidable absolutely unavoidable I I, I think of sometimes at work there are appointments that I have with my supervisor or with a meeting that I'm going to and I know that I'm supposed to have particular papers ready and I don't and I just keep thinking to myself I wish I could get out of this meeting I wish I didn't have to go it's going to be a waste of my time I'm not prepared I don't want to speak whatever the case may be we wish sometimes we could get out of the appointments that we have but when it comes to death you can't death is an appointment that you have that is unavoidable you will never be able to escape it it is coming. And you know what? We preach this message because we know this. God knows the day when every person in this world is going to go. It's going to be on. God knows your day. And we think and we know from the word of God that there's, there's no better place you could be right now than under the sound of the gospel. It's great because you know what it proves? It proves that God is a patient and gracious and long-suffering God because you're here tonight and you are having another opportunity to consider God's word and think about an opportunity for salvation here to realize what Christ has done to forgive sins to have an opportunity to to escape death to, to not have to worry about punishment and judgment for sin you have an opportunity tonight to be saved that proves that God is gracious that God is merciful and we're here tonight preaching it because we know this God gives opportunity we don't know how many He gives God gives opportunity for salvation. God gives revelation. He's given us this word. God has brought you into this meeting. God has placed these words in this meeting tonight to bear upon your heart. You have an opportunity to be saved. I don't know how many more you'll have. And if tonight's your last night and you have to meet God, you know what? I'll tell you one thing that's not going to be a good enough excuse when you say, I only had 350 chances. I only sat through five gospel meetings. I was only 13 years old. I didn't, I didn't know enough. I, I wasn't sure. No, God's going to say, hey, you had your chance. But what about the person who got saved when they were 90 years old on their deathbed? Yeah, well, they had their chance too. You know what's wonderful about the Word of God? We all have opportunity. But you know what I don't know? Is how many you're going to have. And we're here tonight because we know this. You have an opportunity tonight right here. I can't promise you tomorrow. I can't promise you your trip home. But I can promise you this. This is a message that will take care of your eternity. It is appointed unto men once to die. This is an unavoidable appointment. Something that can't be changed. I don't know your day. I don't know my day. But I know this. It's coming. And you've never been closer than you are today. We were in New York City yesterday and sometimes you can just sit on a bench and look around at all the people passing by. It's interesting in New York too because you could be in one section of the city and there's a massive amount of people all around you and you go completely to the opposite end of the city and you know what you find? A massive amount of people all around you and no matter where you go, it just seems as though there's people everywhere. And you could sit in one spot and watch hundreds, maybe even thousands of people passing by within the hour. And you can be walking down the street, and in a matter of a block, you could hear 10 different languages. You can see 50 different races and cultures. You can see people with all different aspects of life, all different uh, social classes and economic classes. Everywhere, just in one small section of New York City. And you can look around some and say, where are they all going? Here's all these people. All these people with direction and with purpose, and they're all going in different ways, and cars beeping horns, and almost killing people, running them off the road. And you just think, where, where's everybody going? Well, I can tell you where everyone is definitely going. I, I don't know where all their appointments are in the day, but I know where one place where everybody's going. This appointment right here. I don't know when. But it tells us that it is appointed unto men once to die. Unavoidable appointment. Now, you might just think, this is so morbid, Josh. Well, you know what? I am sorry to tell you, this is reality. And the sad thing is that people can sit and listen to the gospel for many years and never actually let it sink in that this means me. You know, sometimes we say that about God's salvation. We say, listen, yeah, it's nice that Christ came for the world and saved the world and and paid the sins of the world, but you have to take it personally. Well, you know, on the flip side of it, when we look at the the consequences of sin and the reality of death, sometimes it's easy to broad brush and say, well, sure, we're all going to die. But you know what? you'll never be saved unless you take it personally and realize, this means me. I have an appointment with death, an unavoidable, universal appointment. It is universal. You know that is one thing about death, and when you, as like I said, when you look at the people in New York City, so many differences, but one thing all in common, doesn't matter who you are. You will mean death you will meet disappointment. It is universal. It is impartial. It doesn't matter. We all fall under it because we are all born into that same family of Adam. That's why Romans says, by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. Doesn't matter if you want to put it out of your mind. Doesn't matter if you're not thinking about it. Doesn't matter if you know it, but it doesn't really have an impact on you. Let me tell you tonight, it is unavoidable. It is universal. You will come to an end in this world. I think I told this story this week uh, about a boy in my class. His name was Elijah Wan. And I did a story a couple months ago. We were, took, took a couple days to learn about the Titanic. And uh, I told part of this story this week at the Gospel Meetings in Livingston. I'm going to tell the second part as well tonight. I had done a little... Uh, explanation of the titanic we looked at some video clips we looked at some mock drawings we looked at some uh, scientists who had studied the titanic and tried to look at things that could have been done to avoid the disaster they could have slowed down they could have radioed you know properly and they could have sent signals even after they hit the iceberg and the ship was sinking there were so many things that went wrong that caused 1500 people to die had they had done this better or done this or fixed this or not done this could have saved all these lives and instead this Titanic ship sunk and, and, and 1,500 people died just because of simple mistakes that were made along the way so I wrote I wrote a little a couple of questions out for the kids after we had done some comparisons even with the Costa Concordia cruise ship that, that sank in January this year and we did a couple of days on it so I wrote them some questions one of the questions was What could have been done to avoid the disaster? I thought, you know, we had talked about the speed of the ship and the course they had taken and the the times and the the captain's ability and the radioing and all this. Well, this boy Elijah, of course, he wrote down a nice, not much effort really put into it. And uh, what could have been done to avoid this disaster? He writes, don't hit the iceberg. Yeah, don't hit the iceberg, of course. You know, that really is a nice suggestion, isn't it? here was an appointment that the titanic had with the iceberg and it was unavoidable we can look back on history and realize that now maybe looking forward they didn't think it i mean we know they didn't think it it was an unsinkable ship it was never going to go down this was the greatest cruise liner ever built it was going to be a monumental voyage across the atlantic but here it goes and it strikes the iceberg and here is a seventh grader who says hey just don't hit the iceberg and you'll be fine You know what? It'd be nice for me to say that to you. Listen, if you're worried about hell, judgment, sin, punishment for sin, you know what? Just don't die. Wouldn't it be nice in a meeting like this if I could just give you the, the, the list of things to do not to die? Here you go. Just follow this and you won't die. Can't do it. Because we're all just like that ship coursing through the water, and we have an appointment with that iceberg called death. That's what the Bible says. It is appointed unto men once to die. Life on Earth will come to an end. You can't avoid that iceberg. And my next question on there too is, you know, what can we learn today from the Titanic disaster? You know what Elijah wants. What can we learn today? I thought maybe, hey, more lifeboats on the ship. You know, make sure you have preparations in place. He wrote, "Don't panic and just believe everything's going to be okay." Don't panic and just believe everything is going to be okay. I said, well, I I actually told him, "I said that is the worst answer I've ever read. <laughs> that is horrible." have saved anybody imagine you're sinking in the water you had just jumped off this sinking ship into water that is below freezing and now you have 10 minutes to live before your whole body just shuts down frozen to death in hypothermia and you have somebody just shouting to you from a lifeboat hey don't panic just believe everything's going to be okay you just think about that as your, your limbs are going numb and the blood is just coming back to your heart and before your body shuts down hey don't panic just believe it everything's going to be okay you're going to be fine you know, people on that ship could have believed all they want that everything was going to be okay. Many of them did. Many people didn't even want to get into lifeboats because they just, hey, everything's going to be okay. This ship was nice. It's not going to sink. But all the believing in the world, all the believing in the world wasn't going to change the unavoidable. All the calm situation, the calm tranquility in the world wasn't going to change an appointment with death, because many of those men and women had a moment that God had already chosen. That was their day. You know what? People go through life that way though. Hey, you know what? Sure, we know, we know we're know we going to die one day, but just don't panic. Everything's going to be okay. Many people think that they can live their lives that way. Hey, I'm doing the best I can. I'm not going to worry too much about this Bible thing. That's nice. I believe in God. Sure, you know, what? it's a nice book. It's got some good truth in it, good stuff about living your life well. But hey, I'm not going to panic about it. I'm not going to get worried not really going to be con- too concerned. We're all going to die one day. We'll figure it out when we get there. I was just helping a friend move this week. And uh, he was, he's 24 years old and he's moving out of an apartment to another one. And I had given him an invitation to our cost meetings. I said, you know, what do you think about this question on here? Where will you spend eternity? He said, well, I'm not too worried about it yet. I said, really? He just doesn't, doesn't faze you? He goes, well, just figure it out. I'll figure it out later. I'll figure it out when I get there. Says it almost joking, like, "Hey, I'm not going to worry about eternity. I got to, I got to move my apartment. I got to be out of here by the end of the month. <laughs> I got big things going on. I don't have time to actually sit and consider where my soul's going to be for eternity. I'm not going to panic. There's time for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I'm going to die one day, but it's not today. So I'll figure that out when I'm a little bit older or a little bit later. And how many of us could easily think that? Don't panic. Everything's going to be okay." Coursing through life, dealing with our sin. Never realizing the very severity of our sin. How serious God sees sin. And the truth of this unavoidable, universal appointment. It is appointed unto men once to die you know what some people do when they look at that verse and they'll say well that's true it's appointed unto men once to die we just like to we like to include ourselves in a big broad brush of mankind it is a, we can, that makes it much easier for ourselves doesn't it when we just say listen yeah that's true we're all gonna die one day and I'm just one of the crowd after this the judgment you know I want to change that a little bit and if I could just say it is appointed unto me just take the end off of that It is appointed unto me once to die. You know, it's not just that I'm one of the crowd that's going to die. Yeah, yeah, we can believe that we're all going to meet death one day. But you know what? This verse has significance because I have an appointment with death. You have an appointment with death. This is something personal. Yes, it's universal. But it's something individual and personal. You know, people can think the same way when it comes to their sin. I was telling the story earlier about my, my students in class and the difficulty I'm having with some students who lie and just lie casually and, and consistently lying. So I gave one of my classes a lecture about lying, you know? And I said, listen, this is horrible. Like, you, you can't, it's just bad character. You know, it's ridiculous. You're trying to avoid punishment and then you get caught in lies and you try to stack lies on top of lies and this is just horrible character. You're never going to have relationships in the future. You're never going to have husbands and wives if, you, if your whole life is built and stacked upon lies. One girl just called out and said, well, Mr. B, you lied too. I like to think, I said, yeah, well, you know, I have lied. That is true. And really, the reality is, we've all lied. I don't like to think of myself as a liar. I definitely tried not to lie, but you know what? It was true. And look at the mentality. As the kids are sitting there hearing this judgment and condemnation about lying, the first thing they say is not, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. You know, Lying probably is bad. No. First reaction all of our minds, isn't it? Hey, you're in it too. Don't be pointing fingers here. You're with us. You're alive. That's what we like to think when we get called out on sin. That's why people don't like messages like this. Because this is a message that actually becomes personal. And now all of a sudden we realize when the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, none do good, no not one. There's nothing we can ever do to gain God's favor. And all of a sudden we get defensive and say, hey, hey, don't point the fingers over here. Don't be pointing down from this platform. You're in it too, buddy. Maybe that's what you're thinking. It is appointed unto me wants to die. You know what else? After this, you know, death is really the easy part. After this, the judgment. You know, after death, I will understand the severity of sin. One little lie, one evil thought, the casual nature and the way I've dealt with my sin and responded to sin. You know, I will have to deal with it because I'm going to be facing God. And when God points the finger... You know what won't happen? There's no way I'm going to be able to stand before that courtroom and before that that judge and say, hey, well, look at everybody else too. We're all in the same boat here. Yeah, I've sinned, but the whole world is a sinner. Come on now, God, look look around. I'm better than that guy. Oh no. You see, it's appointed unto me, one man. It's appointed unto me once to die. And after this... I'm going to face judgment. I hope you're thinking that. That's what this verse really means. As universal as it could be, it comes and boils right down to you as an individual. You know what we hate? Is when we have to face the reality of our sin. We want to point fingers at somebody else. and We want to join the crowd and broad brush the crowd. Well, you know when that will never happen and never be justified? It's never justified anyway. I'll tell you right now, the only person who has the finger to point is God and when he points the finger from that judgment that judgment platform we'll have nothing to say that's why Romans says all mouths will be stopped you're not going to be able to point the finger anywhere else you're not going to be able to join the, the crowd isn't there with you to come as your witness at the court you're not going to be able to say look I'm not that bad I really tried I didn't know I wasn't sure I didn't have enough chances no nope. all said and after death the judgment you know what? that scares you it should Because this is a real thing. This is reality. And it is something personal. And we have to be prepared. This is why when you look at the Old Testament, there were prophets who warned Israel of coming judgment. And even some of them were disregarded. You think of the prophet Jeremiah and he's telling the kings, the Babylonians are going to come. They're going to destroy this city. Here's what to do. And instead of listening to Jeremiah, the kings would take him and throw him in jail and throw him into pits and and try to kill him. And the elders of Israel said, get this guy out of here. We don't want to listen to him. And everything he said came true. He tries to prepare the people and they don't want to listen. And here God has left his word. Jesus Christ came down into this world preparing the people, talking about salvation. And they crucify him. And God leaves behind this book and says here it is the word of God you're going to die you will meet judgment are you prepared and yet in this world the same thing happens people say hey not right now not right now it doesn't mean not for me I know it's going to happen I know it as a fact but it hasn't it doesn't really mean anything to me right now and there will be no excuse all mouth will be stopped when we face God unavoidable universal unchangeable and ultimate That is what death really is. That is what God's judgment really is. The ultimate end. And we want you to be prepared. I think of that uh, news article there, September 2nd, 2005. It was a news article on the Seattle Times, and it said, forewarned, but unprepared. Forewarned, but unprepared. It was actually reflecting on Hurricane Katrina and it was a news article about New Orleans, and it said, you know, forewarned, but unprepared. And they were recounting what had happened in the the mass of the hurricane, and they said, you know, no one can say they didn't see it coming. If we had just invested our resources in rebuilding our coastline, it wouldn't have prevented the storm, but perhaps it would have prevented the loss of life. You know, they thought back about the levees that were broken and problems, and and the coastline and the, 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 the dam system against the lake and against the reservoir, and they thought, you know... You know, if we had just taken some preparation to to, to prepare ourselves and to fix the problems before the storm came, it wouldn't have prevented the storm. But it may have prevented the loss of life. Instead, 1,800 people, 600,000 different animals, 275,000 homes, and over $110 billion lost because of that storm. Storm? Not preventable. But the loss of life? Had they been prepared? forewarned but unprepared you know what I love about this message is that God gives his grace and mercy and blessing and and, and gift through the Lord Jesus Christ his son tonight you have been warned you have come face to face with the word of God this isn't my word or Dave's word this is what God says and in the second part of this passage in verse 28 God tells us how we can be prepare and actually avoid judgment you know everything we said here about death unavoidable, universal ultimate, unchangeable in speaking of death it's absolutely true but when it comes to judgment it's not you know the judgment is avoidable because verse 28 says so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many just as well as you could look at that death and think about it how it means what it means for you personally I hope you can look at verse 28 and realize Christ was a man and he had an appointment with death in fact he was born with the full purpose to die and just like every other man Christ was once offered up in death but after this it wasn't judgment in fact this was the judgment and for every man here on earth you can look to this verse and realize death unavoidable but the judgment already dealt with that's what David said already that word half the Lord hath laid upon Him the iniquity of us all. God pulls out the book of my sins that He would unfold to me at that judgment seat, at that, at that uh, great white throne, that judgment platform. And all of the sins that would condemn me to hell, God takes that entire weight and lays it upon the Lord Jesus at the cross. And so death, absolutely unavoidable. Here we all are, born in sin, ready for death, moving forward in this life. But I can tell you this, the judgment is avoidable. After this, for me, no judgment. Because Christ took my judgment. He was a man. He met death. And He bore the judgment for many. He bore the sins for me. You can just take that word many right out there and put yourself right in there. He bore the sins for me. That's what God's salvation is. Understanding that God has already judged someone in your place. And God is satisfied. If I could just use those same words. God is done. God is satisfied. And these words have specific significance to me. Do they to you? Or are you just... Is this just one of the crowd? Yeah. Christ died for the world. God so loved the world. Are you just part of that broad brush crowd? We're all going to die. We're all sinners. If it doesn't mean anything to you personally, well, you'll never have a personal place in heaven. If Christ isn't your Savior personally, well, there's no way He can take you to heaven. The price has been paid. Sin has been dealt with. God has already judged Him in my place. It's appointed unto men once to die. That's right. But after this, I have heaven. What have you got? After my death I've got heaven. How about you? Because Christ was once offered and bore my sins. My sins. We were at the nine eleven memorial yesterday, and I told this to the kids there, so you'll remember the story. We were just looking at the names, the new nine eleven memorial there in New York City. They got the big fountains and all the names written around the outside ledge. And you could just see people peering over the fountain and um, hundreds and thousands of people that come in every single day to see this memorial. It's beautiful and it's getting built even more so and it's going to be beautiful when it's done. I mean, was we just speaking yesterday. so said it's interesting because here are thousands and thousands and thousands of people from all over the world that are coming to New York City just to stand in the spot where the Twin Towers were. Just to look at this memorial and you, you look at all those names and you go, wow, I can't believe it. All these people died right here. I think Andrew's even saying, like, okay, this is the spot right here. Like, this is where the rubble was. Just right in this spot. And we can go there. And and, and Canadians can come down and go. And people from other parts of the world can come and say, wow, we saw this on the news. Like this, man, all these people died right here. you know what? We, We looked on that little wall there and there was a name and it had just a little white rose just stuck into the engraving of that name. And I thought to myself, I says, you know, here are all these people gathered around this memorial and they're all looking saying, wow, what a serene and solemn place. What a special... A lot of people died here. But you know, I think there must be a few people standing around there and looking at a name and all of a sudden actually means something more to them. They know that person. This isn't just a memorial for the masses. This isn't just a special place because lots of people died. This is special because this name means something to them. A little white rose just to, just to signify this is important to me because I identify with this person Who died. You know, that's the wonderful thing about preaching the gospel because we can identify with that person who died. This isn't just Christ died for the many. Christ died for the world. No, this is Christ for my sins. And as much as I'm going to have to meet death, just as much as you are, you can avoid the judgment. Because Christ has borne our sins. He took them away. There's nothing more to do. There's nothing more to believe. There's nothing more to say. It's what God has already said. I am linked with that name, that one who died for me. And this message has incredible significance to me because I'm saved. How about you? After this, the judgment? What are you going to say to God? Didn't have a chance? Didn't have any opportunities? What are you going to say to God if tonight's your last night? I hope you'll say, just like Dave, it's enough. God is satisfied. God is satisfied. And so am I. Christ has borne the sins of us. Let's pray.